G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Hello, hello. How was your fantasy weekend this week, mate? Uh, yeah, pretty decent. A oh. uh, bit, bit mixed. Salary cap is quickly, quickly dropping down the abyss. Yeah, I, I noticed... it going well. <laughs> I noticed that you had a... Obviously, you had Zach Merritt last week, you have Matt Crabs this week, and we both have Mitch Duncan as well, so yeah. it wasn't a fun weekend for a lot of people. Yeah, sort of a tale of two weekends for me. I finished 38,000th last weekend. I know I never wanted to mention the, <laughs> the exact number I was, but I had uh, 768th I finished overall for this round, Very so it brought my average down to about 10,000 or something. So Very nicely done. Eh, well, you, you do what you can. Um, <laughs> What we want to do now is we want to jump right into the game because there's a lot to get through. Yeah. Uh, so first of the rank was Adelaide and the Tigers over in Adelaide. And, I mean, realistically, we don't have to talk about Rory Laird, do we? Like, no. we, we know what Rory Laird is. amazing. You need to get Rory Laird into your salary cap side at some point, and it's probably going to be ASAP because you're going to be going up in price. Oh, quickly. my God. The big one I want to talk about, though, is Cam Ellis-Yolman for draft teams. Yes. And this guy, obviously, Matt Crouch is injured for the next three weeks, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Brad Cap Crouch is still injured for some time. That's pubis, so who knows how long that'll be. Oh, mate, you had that for about two years, didn't you? It sucks <laughs> so much. <laughs> so this guy's stock has gone up way, way higher than it was at the start of the season after yeah. this. Um, if he's on your waiver list, you need to go after him pretty hard for this year. Snatch him up. Particularly if you've got some um, borderline or fringe <clears throat> midfielders, because for the next couple of weeks at least, you'd think he's going to be a fairly safe investment. Long term, once the Crouch boys come back in, not really sure what he'll do then, or even if he's going to be best 22. But yeah. for the next few weeks at least... I'd be pretty comfortable backing him in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when he's on the ground, he scores very well. He's just that big body around the contests. But the worry is obviously best 22 when those guys get back. But you've got probably a couple of months before you have to worry about that. And if that can get you off to a head start in your draft leagues, push you up that ladder, that's all you need. Um, We had a lot of big games from most of the Adelaide Crows players, to be honest. Like Sam Jacobs bounced back after last week. I know Mm. we gave him a bit of a serve last week. And said that he was definitely one of the more mid-tier Ruckman. I think we sort of still stick by that comment, but he does have these good games in between. I'm still, I'm pretty sure last week I said he's a safe Ruckman. He but doesn't have that massive ceiling. This is probably yeah. the highest ceiling he's got. Oh, absolutely. But in saying that, you know, if he gets this once every six weeks or so and still goes at an average of 95 to 100, he's one of the better Ruckman yeah. to have in a draft league, absolutely. Um, Rory Sloan was good as opposed to last week as well. Uh, good from him. He, there's some slight doubt on he had a, <clears throat> it was a lower leg or a foot injury. Yep. Uh, but he played out the game. There's a little bit of doubt that they just keep an eye on him. He's more of a, a uh, draft guy though. Yeah, I mean, you, he'd be a real point of difference if you did have him in salary cap leagues. Uh, but good on you if you did because he's rewarded you this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Jenkins, please do not jump on a key forward after a good game like this. I no. mean, obviously in draft leagues... Maybe you even can have in a look draft leagues, it would have to be a deep draft league because Josh Jenkins is just as likely to go with with a thirty five next week as opposed to the hundred and fourteen he's got. Consistency is not his friend. Consistency, though, when we're talking about that, Bryce Gibbs, we can bring into the conversation there because he yes. has been really consistent to start this season. He looks like he's enjoying playing in Adelaide. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think. Uh, opposing teams are still thinking that they need to put the tag on uh, Rory Sloan as well, which means that uh, Gibbs is really, really getting off the chain a little bit. So, I mean, if you started the season with him, 
hats off to you. And yeah. if you're looking for a premium to bring in, and I guess we could bring up Matt Crouch here. Why not? Um, Matt Crouch is out for three weeks. You need to get him out of your salary cap teams. Obviously, you keep him in your draft leagues, no question. Yeah, there. just stick him on the bench and cry a little bit. But yeah, but he'll be back in a few weeks. For salary cap teams, uh, there's one or two ways that you could realistically go with this. Uh, he's still worth a fair bit of money, Matt Crouch. He is, yeah. You could go down to a player like, uh, I mean, realistically, Stephen Keneally, you're not going down too far. It's probably only 20 or 30K at the moment. So he's worth 720000 at the moment. So Matt Crouch? Matt Crouch, yeah. Oh, I think Keneally might be worth more, actually. Uh, he just is, I think. 4000 yeah. more. Sideways trade to Cornelio. You could go down to someone like Nat Fife, who came into a, a fair bit of form last week with 123. Six hundred and sixty-eight thousand. Exactly. So you're netting a bit of coin there. Um, Parker's still, I think, just on seven hundred k. Something around about there is. And Cripps will also be seven hundred and sixteen. Seven hundred and sixteen. There we go. And you could sideways trade to someone like Paddy Cripps as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Cripps is just seven seventeen. Okay, there we go. So there's a few options there. You could really look sideways trade to one of those guys who are on the up in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, in terms of price. And if you really like Matt Crouch, which I do for later in the season, his break-even is going to be ridiculously high when he comes back. Leave him for a month after that, and you can pick him up when these guys are at the top of their price in six, seven weeks' time, something like that. His break-even is 157. <clears throat> which is almost manageable for him, actually. You never know. He could actually do that. I First game back, you'd expect he probably won't, though, so he will drop a little bit more. True. But the point of this is you absolutely need to get rid of Matt Crouch, uh, whether you go with a sideways trade or... You know, if you don't have Tom Mitchell in your side by now, you need to find a way to free up the extra $200,000 to go maybe Matt Crouch up to Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Because you are not going to have a good season without T-Mitch. No, you need him. Yeah. Um, we'll move on from there. Oh, who else do we have? I mean, Tom, Tommy D has been great for our defensive yes. line in the Salary Cap Leagues. Another solid 78, you know. This guy's going to be going up in price for some time. Yeah. He's no, I, I, cap, you have to have him, I think. Yeah, he's one of these guys like Tim Kelly, uh, like Finlayson, that all have negative break-evens that you just have to have. You're missing out on that cash that they're generating. Yeah. Um, Darcy Fogarty is one that you will probably need to get out of your lineups as well in salary cap this week because it looks like Tom Lynch is ready to come back into the side and if anyone's going to go out for him, it's going to be Darcy Fogarty. I mean, he's yeah. done enough. He's been kicking some goals, but realistically, I think that three-pronged attack of Walker, uh, Jenkins, and Lynch is probably what they'll line up and with. Lynch McGovern, so it's really a it's four. four. Yeah, true. So uh, he's just behind all of those guys. So Darcy Fogarty will probably be one that you need to yeah. look at getting. You know what I like about Darcy Fogarty? Mm-hmm. Just pu- not from a fantasy perspective at all, just from a footy perspective. It, he <laughs> is such an angry young man. He really is, isn't he? He loves just throwing his body around whacking people. Who did he mess up on the weekend? I think after they took the mark, he just came in and smashed oh, yeah, them. He just like roundhouse them to the to the stomach or something, trying to spoil it. And then round one, he came <laughs> sliding in and hit some guy in the face. Oh, it was brilliant. I loved it. Loved such watching an angry it. man. Uh, we'll move on to the Tigers because, uh, I mean, really, there's not much to talk about from this game from the Tigers because you had Dusty, who was incredible for 127. He was a one-man army, five goals. Uh, how many disposals did he have? 25 disposals, seven tackles. He was everywhere. But after that, you go down to Toby Nankervis at 98, and then an 85 is the next highest score. So Caddy, who's missing this week? Yeah, um, Caddy, uh, he's suspended for this week yes. for hitting someone in the face, yep. I seem to believe. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, obviously Caddy's more of a draft league guy, so you're, you're keeping these people in your team. There's no, yeah. no issue there. Uh, there's a few people I think have Caddy in uh, salary cap. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if that's the case, there's probably more pressing matters maybe than Josh Caddy because he has been doing well. He's not one of those guys that you've invested bulk cash in that you have to get investment from. You can probably hold him for a week if you've got... If you've got bigger issues to deal with. And it's not an injury worry either. So, obviously, guys like Zach Merritt after last week's concussion, maybe even Mitch Duncan coming back in this week, there's always that worry that they're going to have a poor game when they come back in because they're getting off their feet after the injury. Yeah. But, I mean, with a suspension, he's going to be coming out firing. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty poor game fantasy-wise for a lot of Tigers players. Kane um, Lambert. Kane Two Lambert. Two games back-to-back. You need, if you started off with him in salary cap leagues, you need to get rid of him. And, jeez, if I'm being honest, in draft leagues, I think this was just a, a punt that a lot of people would have taken because he yeah. did very, very well last year. I think you almost need to offload him if there's someone of good quality on your waiver wire list. I think you might be right. I mean, you might be able to trade low, uh, for someone else, you know, if someone else thinks, oh, actually, I think he can get back on his feet. Yeah, because last year, I think he started badly and then came good. And once he found that form, he was able to keep it for the rest of the year. So about mm-hmm. mid-season or so. Someone might go, you know what, I'll back him in to do the same thing this year. Yeah. But, uh, but the issue is that you're going to be getting very, very little for him. So mm-hmm. if you're trading, you're going to barely get anything at all. And at this early point in the season, there is usually enough talent on waiver lists to actually go out and pick up someone half decent. I mean, like we were saying, uh, Cam Ellis Young and someone like that would be a, a good one to sort of go and pick up. Yeah. Uh, the other one um, for Cam Ellis Yolman, because mm-hmm. the, the rationale that we use for him could just as easily apply to Hugh Greenwood, assuming he's on your waiver wires. That's as true. Well. So. Have a look at him as a backup if everyone goes up to Ellis Yeoman. Yeah, I do like Hugh Greenwood as well, actually. He only got 81 in this game, but you feel like he's he's really having a good run at it at the moment yeah. and that he's going to come into some ripping fantasy form pretty soon. Geez, uh, the only other one that I want to talk about... Uh, actually, no, there isn't anyone else I want to talk about. I was going to say uh, maybe someone like... Uh, because we always say with Richmond that there's two or three guys every week that really stand up and score pretty well out of their small forwards. I have the feeling maybe in the next couple of weeks it's going to be Dan Butler. I think he's going to be the one that's going to have a fantastic... Is that based on anything, or you just pull one out at random? No, pull one out at random, <laughs> out of the hat. Um, no, also, <laughs> they've got some Fair good... Enough. They've got some decent matchups coming up, Richmond, so... Yeah, it'll they be got Hawthorne next week. Yeah. I'm not sure who they got after that. Yeah, Hawthorne have been giving up some fantasy points as well, so... Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who actually gets on top in that game. So we'll move on to the next one. It was North and St Kilda. This was a, just an ugly game of footy to watch. There's Nobody had any fun watching this game apart from North Melbourne fans. Yeah, it wasn't great to watch. I love the fact that there is footy on Good Friday. Yeah, I so just do I. wish they picked some better teams to play. Any better team than North Melbourne, because that's the anchor team by the looks of it. And well, North Melbourne have other ones that put the effort in to make it happen. So yeah. they deserve to have it as their marquee clash, but... Give them a big Victorian team as their opponents yeah. so they get people coming through the, mm. the, um, the gates. Yeah, get a Collingwood to play against them yeah. or, you know, an Essendon or a, a Richmond or someone like that. I mean, Richmond, if they do show that premiership form, they'll probably will smash North Melbourne. But, uh, I mean, just getting back onto this game, it was yeah. really, it was a trouncing. Saints never looked like they were going to go away with this game and North Melbourne got up by about 50 points in the end. Uh, Jesus, Jared Waite. Every 46. He starts off every year quite well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He has a, about three or four amazing games at the start of the season. He sucks everyone into picking him up off waiver lists, and even a few people in salary cap to pick him up yep. on the cheap. 
and then he like, gets an old man injury. He does a calf, <laughs> yes. or he, or he just tails off terribly. He does a calf that lasts for like two months or yeah. something. Well, he was playing midfield half back for a lot of this game actually, which was really weird to see. And yeah. uh, he only had one goal, two for this hundred and forty-six. Thirteen marks, thirteen so marks, tackles. just mopping up along the yeah. half back line. This is like premium Jared Wake. Yeah. The issue is it's premium, so it doesn't last very long. <laughs> and the other thing is Brad Scott, like I said, this is a role that he's been playing off the halfback and in midfield, could just as easily decide one day, you know what, I'm going to put him straight back in at full forward, and that's all your hope's gone. Yeah. So Jared oh, so Wade, don't get sucked in by way. Fool's gold, Jared Wade, I think. Goldstein, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is back. Yeah, oh, he's back in a big way. We, I mean, we were big on Goldstein in the preseason, so... Um, Pretty unabashed in saying that we we were dead right about this one. He just looks really good. I don't think Bruce is forcing his way into this team anytime soon. No. So because Goldstein's just in ripping form. If you've got someone like Steph Martin in your team, uh, you know I think a lot of people are overreacting in terms of Steph Martin, saying that he was poor this week. He was okay in round one. He came up against Gorn and he neutralised him a little bit. Yeah, uh, they pretty much. Fought out a draw. Yeah. So, I mean, he got 67. Gorn got 78. That's not going to happen when they're playing against, uh, you know, medium-level Ruckman. When they're coming up against, you know, your Western Bulldogs, even St Kilda's, those sorts of things, uh, they're not going to be neutralising. They're going to be dominating. Yeah. So, don't be trading Steph Martin up to Goldstein at the moment. I'd say back in Steph Martin. But... You know, if you were looking at anyone to get in for him, if you were desperate and you had nothing else to do, Goldstein is the man I'd be looking at, personally. Yeah, okay. Uh, did you see Ben Jacobs getting 107? This was <laughs> no. It, it was ten tackles is really, really impressive. It was so weird looking at the stat sheet at the end of the game and noticing Ben Jacobs on 107 tagger. It was incredible. Um, he had a good game though, and uh, yeah, and again, completely neutralised Sam Ross for most of it. Yeah, a lot of these guys are fools gold though. Like I was yeah. saying, Ben Jacobs is one of them. Um, you know, Billy Hartung. He was actually pretty good last I think week. Billy as well. Hartung might be a sneaky draft guy. Actually, mm-hmm. he scored seventy odd round one, hundred and seven this round. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just keep an eye think out. Think with the bad reputation he's got, he's probably available in a lot of waivers. Oh yeah, You'll give him another week, see what he does. I'd pretty, I'd be pretty happy doing that to be honest. Yeah, uh, because if he is available on your waiver wire list, particularly in a keeper league, because he is still quite young, you know, maybe he becomes that. Sam Gibson sort of solid scorer over his career. So he's currently owned in 74% of Ultimate Footy League. So there's about really a quarter of them that he's free in. I'm surprised that that's that right to be honest. I had no idea. I mean, I suppose he does have a bit more name recognition just because he has come from Hawthorne and he had those issues. Maybe that's led to him being picked up a bit more. Who knows? Jeez, that's a... I'm shocked it's that high, actually. But yeah. yeah, I think he might be a sneaky good drunker. Luke McDonald, uh, he came back a little bit. He had a poor round one, and mm. he's had an 83 this round. Everyone was pretty big on him to be that breakout uh, premium defender this year. Mm. I was never that that yeah, much on the bandwagon. I don't wagon. think breakout premium defender. I think about what he's going at here. I think 80s, possibly high 80s. Yeah. I'd be pumped if I was getting that from him every week. Mm-hmm. But I think that's about his ceiling at this point in his career. He was drafted quite early in a lot of drafts, though. Like, I'm talking around about fifth round sort of thing. Like, that's pretty yeah. early for what I think that Luke McDonald will deliver for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, you don't look to trade him off because I think you're kind of stuck with him at the moment. You're, yeah. If you're trading him, you're trading him pretty low. You're, you're probably getting less than what you valued him at when you drafted him. Oh, you absolutely are. And um, probably what you value him at now. 
Someone who came back really well this week, though, was uh, LDU, Luke Davies-Uniak. Mm. He was very good this week. And 70, most people would have up, offloaded him from their salary cap teams last week as a priority. Yeah, I think so. If you were forced to keep him, I mean, I'd hold on to him now because he's shown that he can score half decently. I wouldn't look at rushing him into your side, though. He's too expensive at 260 mm, on. No, I wouldn't be bringing him back in. But if you kept him... There's hang on to him for a bit longer. Yeah, there's a very rare amount of uh, rookies at that sort of price that I would look at rushing into your side. I mean, Tim Kelly would be one, Finlayson, Dode, those sorts of guys, mm. but not LDU. Um, anyone else you want to talk about from North, mate? Oh, no, I don't want to. No, I just scrolled. No, I I've scrolled oh, wait. No, I've scrolled to the bottom, and I don't uh, want to talk about it. A grand total of 23 points. No, no, no. Christian's breakout player no. of the year. no. Ryan Clark. I'm so upset right what now. What happened? <laughs> I don't. You didn't watch this game. I did watch this game. I legitimately don't know what happened because I don't remember Ryan Clark ever being on the screen. I watched the second half of this game and I saw him run past the ball a couple of times but oh, nobody did. gave it to him. <laughs> At one stage, I forgot what number was on Ryan Clark's back because I hadn't seen him for a <laughs> point of the game. <laughs> so, yeah, look, he did reasonably average the week as well, didn't he? he scored okay, no, no, but he, he was, played average. No, no, no. He was very good the week before. He was 83, and if you remember, it was in the wet against Gold Coast. He had oh, no marks right. because it was in yeah. the wet, but he had about 25 disposals or something. So that's the issue. He was waiting for the rain this week. Maybe he was. <laughs> anyway, oh, was, very poor game. Oh, Hopefully, for your sake, he bounced back. Yeah, forever. Hopefully, for my sake, he doesn't, because I'd love to give oh, you more shit about it next week. God, thank you for that. Well, we'll move on to the Saints, shall we? Your boy that you bought in last week and you told people to get in for Zach Merritt, Jack Stephen, yep. had a great game. 112. And as you pointed out to me earlier, he spent about a quarter of the game up forward as well. It so. was really annoying. He could have done a lot better than this, but he was stuck His on third a... third quarter? Yeah, he was... I think he rushed up to about 70 points or something from the first half. Mm. Uh, he did very well for the first part of the third quarter, and then he could just got left in the forward line by Richardson. And I saw him leading out of the goal square at one stage. I said, yeah. what the hell is Jack Stephen doing there after he's dominated the first half? I think part they were game. just trying to mix things up a bit and see if they could get something happening, but it didn't work for him. No, it um, But would... yeah, Jack Stephen looks like he's back to his best this year, so... Bit of a point of difference. Yeah, um, I like it. And like it. he's one that you could still look at getting in for, uh, who are we talking, Matt Crouch as well, because he's 683000 at the moment. So mm. that's still pretty cheap, and you're netting about forty k there going Crouch to Stephen. So yeah. don't, don't mind that at all. Uh, next down on the list is Kobe Stevens with 98. Kobe Stevens is another one of those draft depth guy. guys. Uh, he's good for draft, but he does worry me at the same time because I always wonder if he's on the fringe. Yeah, I don't know that he's... He's probably one of the last picked for the best 22, mm. you think. I mean, we were talking about Jack Steele earlier, and you're worried that Jack Steele... I reckon he gets dropped this yeah, week. Yeah, might be dropped this week. He only scored 69 mm. and looked very... He just didn't get the ball. He looked average. Do you think Dunstan comes back in this week? Because he would be an interesting one to have a look at. I think draft Dunstan weeks. for Steele is probably a pretty safe bet. Jeez, uh, if, if Dunstan gets bought in, I would really look at going hard on Dunstan on the waiver wire because we know what Dunstan could do when he does play and what he was doing at the end of last year and you know because he was dropped in uh, for round one he didn't play round one he hasn't played round two he won't be on a lot of people's teams so go out and grab him if he's available in draft leagues that would be my advice to you Jimmy Webster was really annoying because he was taking the ball off of Dylan Robertson and Shane Savage in this game (laughs) but he played well Um, yeah and interestingly this is um, last week we spoke about how it was good that a number of different St Kilda defenders were all scoring well together. Mm-hmm. 
less so this week, but still a few of them did well. So Webster on 95. Um, Savage 86 is yeah. miles mark for me. Geary and Carlisle 94 and 93 yeah. on your regular scores, but they are secular defenders. Yeah, Carlisle. That, that's probably miles. more a case of the ball just spent so much time in their defence. Yeah, they, they were woeful. The one that missed out was Robertson. Yeah, Blake Akers kept it up from last week, though. He was smashed round one, and he's stuck with a 92 this mm. week as well. So he's actually really cementing his uh, uh, higher status, I guess you could yeah, say, for he me. He looked good, too. He looked like he kept trying. Mm. Yeah, absolutely he did. So he's 575000 in salary cap league. I don't mind at all people looking at bringing him in this week. He's only owned by 3% of the competition. Yeah. He's a big point of difference. And someone who doesn't have a, a massive injuries or you know issues to take care of this week, a lot of people are bringing in Tim Taranto, who's about 100k cheaper. Mm. But I reckon Blake Akers could maybe even be more consistent so, over the uh, season. Yeah, I think he probably will be more consistent than <clears throat> Taranto will be, just because of that bigger body of maturity. Mm. I can see him being the Neil Bullen of last year. Yeah. Um, so that guy that comes in has a good month, month and a half, and mm-hmm. nets you a lot of cash, and then you can use him as a stepping stone. Yeah, well, the the thing that I like is that uh, for uh, Blake Akers as opposed to Toronto, is Toronto's had two two good scores in two wins. Blake Akers has had a really good score in a win, and he still had a very good score in a loss as well, which yeah. shows that it doesn't matter how well the team is doing, he can do well as an individual. So. Yeah. I do like that about Lake Acres. Seb Ross was actually tagged in this game, which was amazing. I didn't think Ross would ever get tagged over someone like Steven. Mm. But, yeah. He still scored 91, which yeah. surprises me, actually. He worked, but he did well. He worked through it. Jacobs tagged him. But, you know, he had the six tackles in there among 23 disposals still. Mm. It just secures Ross's status as a really stable guy to have in draft leagues. I mean, yeah. I don't mind uh, if you, in your draft, went a little bit higher than some people thought you should on Ross, because he is just consistent. Yeah. So... Great pickup if you've got him. Yep. Billings is probably another one maybe we should mention, and Dylan Robertson, who were great premiums last week and were woeful this week. Yeah. I mean... Billings will bounce back. I'll back him in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he Robert, was playing a half-forward role. If the ball wasn't in their forward line much, yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh, ignore that this week. Robertson, I mean, we, we said that actually it was great to see him do a little bit better this week, but, geez, you know... Well, he did well last week. Two. Mm. He did well last week, and he didn't do as well this week. But the, I think that's just because Geary and Carlisle got the ball rather than him. Yeah. Probably because they were taking, just because they were the ones that were there when the ball landed. Mm-hmm. So back him in and see how he goes next week. Yeah, I wouldn't be too stressed just yet. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about from the Saints, mate? Do you want to talk about my risk it in this game? Yes, now? yes, we do actually. Yeah. So, so risk it for the biscuit last week, just in case anyone out there is new to this podcast. That's our competition where we like to give you a couple of really out there players that you can pick up off the waiver list in your draft leads for that one week matchup. You know, if you're going to fill a hole in your team or matchup based selection. Exactly. These are a guy that you really have to take a punt on um, because you've got to risk it to get that biscuit sometimes. And we we put up two players every week. There's a few rules which we'll talk through later in the podcast. But one of those players that you chose last week was Jade Jade Gresham. Scored 77. All right. All right. I'm going to put forward that that deserves one tick of approval. All right. So He's a forward. To explain the scoring again, uh, <laughs> gen- generally uh, it's, there's no specific rules around what points you have to get to, but we can grade it 
based it's more on a gut feel on if you yeah. think you would have been happy having him in your team this week. Yeah, so you'll either have a failure, which is zero points, a pass mark, which is one point, or they've had a terrific game, which is two points there. Yeah. Um, one point. I 77 think, points as a forward. All right, yeah. 77 points as a forward in a draft in a deep draft league. I'm yeah. pretty happy with that. If he's the last guy on your field, I'm giving that one tick to you, mate. Yeah, yep. uh, well, I'll well, take it. One, well, one tick. Yeah, you need to take it because I've seen <laughs> your next guy. He's coming up a little bit later yeah. and it's not good. It is ugly at best. All right. I don't think there's anyone else I want to talk about. No. So we'll move on to the next game, which was Carlton versus the Gold Coast. Um, geez, Ed Kerno smashed this game. I, I know we normally talk about the winner first, which would be Gold Coast, but... Is that how we usually break it down? That is I thought we just have. randomly picked a team. <laughs> no, I, I have... There's some order to this madness oh, sometimes, okay, mate. Cool. Um, but I want to talk about Ed Kernow first. Uh, he just absolutely went mad dog on this game. 160 points, 10 tackles. Jeez, uh, how many... You know someone's done well when they've gone absolutely mad dog on a game. Right, that's, that's a description that's that's like the ultimate compliment. <laughs> It's oh, like, did you see Kernel? He went absolute mad dog this week. It sounds like something that BT would say, but more <coughs> more poetic than what BT would say. Also, at the same time, All right. anyway, uh, Kernel yeah, played really well. Yeah, he played really well. Apparently, he's owned by four percent of the competition. Almost, <laughs> they they did well. Whoever yeah. in the salary gap, they won their matchup this week. Um, he's he's one of those guys though that isn't available on waiver lists. Uh, no, he would have been drafted in every league. I have no issue, though, if you own him in a draft league, going up to some of those guys yeah, who have maybe haven't been in the league too long, sell him high. Or someone that just has a really average midfield and yeah. they need some midfield depth. Yeah, go out and get a... Sell high. Yeah, if they've got a, good, a strong defence or a strong forward line, you want to get someone like that. Because usually if, if they've got a weak midfield, it's because they use their early pick somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see if you can get something good for Ed Kerner. I don't mind that at all. Uh, you know, Mark Murphy was great again. He's pretty well. Yeah, he's, he's a good, good, solid premium there. Aaron Mullet, though. Average round one. He was shocking in round one. That's Average is just a compliment for his round one performance. But, geez, 102. He he looked really, really good. Um, it, it, I, we need more sample size. Though. Yeah. But the other thing is he's too expensive to bring in. To oh, side. yeah, you wouldn't look at him in salary. Yeah, in salary cap. Yeah. Uh, you need more sample size, but someone's probably going to pick him up off the waiver. Whenever a defender or forward oh, yeah. gets 101 week, someone you, will grab him. You have to take a punt on them. So just see what they can do. Yeah, exactly. So if if you're someone who really liked what Muller did, I have no issue with you saying, right, I'll take a punt, have him as my last guy on my team, see if he can replicate that form. Yep. Um, Kate Simpson was, you know, he got 98, and we can say he was a little bit down on last <laughs> week after yeah, he dominated. But still, he's a defender. 98 is a premium score. That's amazing, and you move on from that. Yeah. Uh, you're still probably happy with Paddy Cripps as 95 as well because he was tagged. Yeah. Um, I think Holman was really looking after him for the whole game. So, uh, And Holman, we all know, tackles like like just he, he needs... Like <laughs> he, a mad dog? Like a mad dog. I was trying to think of a word <laughs> that wasn't mad dog. <laughs> just I can looking, see you wanted to. Just looking at you. <laughs> just smiling and thinking, I know that that's what he wants to say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Holman kept him down a little bit on what he can do. Yeah. Uh, d- just move on from that, though. Paddy Cripps is a contested ball winner. He's going to fight through that tag most yeah, weeks. Don't stress about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, gee, Charlie Kernow was a bit down, but geez, for a draft league guy, 82 is still really for, good as a For a guy that's effectively a third-year tall forward, um, <clears throat> 82, 82, yeah, 82 yeah. I'm really happy with. Jeez, yeah. So it, you would, you'd only have him in a draft. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing him on the field, I'm pumped to have an 82 oh. of someone that's probably going to be one of my last 
defenders. Absolutely. Last uh, uh, two uh, rookies that I just want to talk about before moving on to Gold Coast are Cam O'Shea and Paddy Dow. Cam O'Shea came back mm-hmm. in this week. He'll be a really interesting one to watch when team lists are announced because he he really didn't get into the game at any stage. But then again, the same happened with Aaron Mullet last week. You know, he's he might have had a poor yes. week this week, but he could come out and smash it next week. So if you own him, don't jump ship just yet. However, at the same time, I probably wouldn't look at rushing him into your side either. You know, definitely not. Um, and Paddy Dow, you have to get rid of. You just have to. He's just he's not going to get enough of the ball. He really isn't. I mean, he's going to be an amazing player in years going forward, but at the moment, he's just not touching the ball enough. And I think what I'm not 100% sure of his break even, to be honest, but I think it's around about higher than his average at the moment. Uh, his That's average of 47. Exact. I'll see if I can find an actual number for you. Yeah, uh, that would be handy. But if he's. <laughs> it's really, really sad when you've bought in a rookie at the start of the season and their average is already higher than their... Uh, or their average is already lower than their break-even. Just, yeah, it's really, really yeah. depressing. Uh, well, while you do that, I want to move on to Gold Coast because the guy that I've been itching to talk about is uh, Tommy Lynch. And Tommy Lynch... Oh, oh. His break-even... Dow's break-even is 39. 39, okay. So his average is technically six points higher than his <laughs> his um, his break-even. But even then, that's depressing. Yeah, yeah not good. Um, Tom Lynch, he's he just looked fantastic in this game. Mm. Um, eight goals, one. He's not going to do that every week. And we always preach, sure. don't jump on the uh, the key forward. There's, no. So salary cap, stay well away. Yeah. Drafts, I don't hate him in drafts. Oh, no, I really like Tom Lynch in But drafts. he will be taken in drafts. Yeah, of course. So he's not much point talking about. Yeah, I mean, realistically, again, you could go at this from the angle of selling high to someone else in your league. If you go, mm. right, Tom Lynch has come off 139, he's going to do this for the whole season. He's not. No, obviously, but, but this is the argument that I you should come into him, the trade with. If I own him, I'm probably wanting to keep him because he's not going to do this the whole season, mm. but he might do it another few times. And yeah, if he does, true. he'll win you matchups. That is true. So yeah. I'd rather hang on to him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you, But sometimes you do have to take that risk if you're going to get a, a better player mm. um, when you're selling oh, high. Yeah, 100%. But personally, I'd hang on to him. Your man, though, the man of mystery. It's not. It's kind of hard to not see Jared Lyons these days, though. He might actually break Do you that. know what he looks like? I do actually know what he looks oh, like now. The mystery is ending. Yeah, so the man of mystery... Uh, actually, I watched... No, I listened to some of this on the radio, yeah. and one of the commentators actually spoke about Jared Lyons, about how nobody really knows who he is, but he plays really well. That's amazing. And I was like, ah. It's catching on, The commentators know. <laughs> it's going national. So, uh, Jared Lyons had an amazing game. Um are you comfortable with Jared Lyons in a draft league? In a draft league? Yes. Mate, both of my draft teams are named after No, sorry, not, not draft league. Sorry, in salary cap leagues. Um, so, beginning of the season, I would have said no. Mm-hmm. It's almost getting to the stage where I'm going to say yes, though. I'm yeah. not quite there yet. I want another couple of weeks for the sample size. Mm-hmm. But the consistency is starting to get there where I would almost be comfortable with him. He looks good. And Gold Coast, as a team, look a little bit better this year after two wins. Yeah, I know it was against North and Carlton. But at the same time, if they're beating those lower-order guys, they should be competitive against those middle-range uh, teams, which mm-hmm. means that they're going to score a bit healthier than they were last year. Yeah. So, and even last year, Lions were scoring pretty healthily. And someone was going to pick up the extra points that Gary Ablett left when he went to the Gold Coast. We thought it would be Hall. Yeah, but it could very well be Jared Lyons. So, you know, if you if the sample size gets a little bit too big, then jump on him in salary cap. I have no issue with that. 
Uh, Dave Swallow is another one who's just been ultra cons- uh, ultra consistent this year. Um, draft league guy only though, and he will be taken in draft leagues. Um, yep. Jared Witts is interesting because he had 140 last week and he's backed it up with a 98 this week. I kind of thought he would go bigger if I'm being honest because I know mm. Cruiser was out. I thought he would smash it and get another 120. But he's not a bad POD to have in your salary cap team. Like, realistically. He's uh, He's been looking really, really good this year. And he just dominates the hitouts as well. He's that old school Rockman. He had 48 this week. I think he had another 45 last week. So he's always guaranteed that extra bump of, you know, 40, 50 points just from hitouts. It doesn't matter as much that he doesn't rack up the ball too much around the ground. Yeah. What do you think of him in a salary cap league? Um, I was actually searching for someone else, so I wasn't listening to what you said. Wits and salary cap? <laughs> Is that the question? Yes. I could tell I you. you could see I was just like whipping around on the tablet. I thought you were looking up Jared Wits information. No, <laughs> I was looking for someone else. I can tell you've got like a horrible head cold because you keep looking up every once in a while confused about what I've said. <laughs> um, Jared Wits in salary cap, that was the question? Yes. Um, As a POD. It doesn't sound like you're that keen. No, not really. No, all right. So you're just more happy to stick with the, the big I think four. we've spoken previously. I'm a fan of set and forget Ruckman. Mm-hmm. And Jared Witts isn't a guy I want at the end of the season. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, well, that would be the So, but yeah, I'm not interested in yeah. salary cap. Fair enough. Uh, Nick Holman, he's another one of these rookies that you have to have in your salary cap team. He's got a break even of like negative 15 or something like that. And he just looks incredible. So... Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you, you have to have him. Aaron Hall didn't have a great return this week, but, you know, he's coming off a broken yeah, thumb. I, yeah, yeah I, I w- wouldn't read too much into that because, uh, you know, we actually said that he could be one of those mid-prices that you look at getting into your salary cap team. Yeah. After, in two weeks' time or so, once you see what he can do after coming back from injury, I still probably wouldn't have too much of an issue with that. You know, if you're looking for his first game of the season, I don't think we can reach too much. Exactly. I mean, there were a lot of guys that performed really poorly last week that have jumped off the page this week. Um, Yeah, that's really all I want to talk about. Maybe Aaron Young actually will will one of your riskets from last week. Yeah, that's a fail. That's forty-two. That's no pass. That is a massive fail. He had like nine possessions, one goal, only two tackles. Welcome back to Earth, Aaron Young, because that was woeful. Um, you know who else was woeful, actually? Lockie Weller. He is really not doing as well as a lot of people in drafts thought that he might. Yeah, a lot of people thought he'd do really well out at uh, Gold Coast this year, but he yeah, hasn't so far. Jump, uh, the, I thought he'd jump, actually, straight into the midfield, or at least a little bit more time in the midfield from his halfback role. Bit of halfback, bit of wing. But, yeah, he's... I, I don't know. It, he may just take some time to fit into I a new team. Always takes guys into a little world who actually acclimatise yeah. to a new team. So, it, yeah, it normally does. Um, particularly if they're not given key roles immediately. Mm, yeah, true. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, shall we? No, no, no. oh, 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 so more. the guy I was searching up before that I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to anyone yep. that had the guts to start <coughs> Dan McPherson in their salary cap side. Oh, to yeah. To start the season Because he was a little bit cheaper. One of my mates at work did, mm. and he's got 98 this week. I'm pretty sure he got 90-odd last week. Mm. Um, he'd be too expensive in salary cap now. He's... 452000 But if you started yes. him, if you had the guts to, hats off to you. So well. he would have been high 300s at the start of the yeah. season, something like that. Jeez, I would have thought that that would have been way too expensive. But no, he's, he's looking really good this Doing season. Doing really well. Yeah. Um, and probably available in a lot of drafts if you want to take the punt now. I don't know how sustainable this scoring is. No, so. but he's young. And keeper leagues, he might be one to have a little bit of a look at. Pretty sure he's a forward in um, ultimate footy. 
Um, we'll move on to the next game, Collingwood GWS, and this was a, this is a much better game for us fantasy fans to watch. Any game involving Collingwood is normally a good game to watch for fantasy because they make, they get good scores and they give up really big scores as well. Um, so yeah, Giant, eight guys turned up in this game. Yeah, Giants won in the end. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, he's just looking like an absolute lock for salary cap leagues, especially when he gets that defense yep. status. Agreed. If you need to get him in this round uh, for Matt Crouch, I don't mind doing that either. Because at some point this year, we're going to all need to have Lockie Whitfield in our teams when he's a defender. So if you do it now and just flick him in, I think he's scoring highly enough at the moment that he justifies a midfield slot for the next four rounds. Um, Canelio, I mean, we spoke about him enough last week. He just looks like he's gone to another level this year. Yep, I think, yeah, there's not a lot more we need to say about him. Yeah, Josh Kelly, we've said all before as well. The one I do really want to talk about is Taranto. Um, I didn't think that he would be able to replicate last... Uh, week score mm. he has he's gone with another 91 he looked really good had 8 tackles as well and that's what I really like to that's see that's good for a second year player only one mark which is down on last week's so because he's an overhead type player yeah usually so one of his strengths he does better than that normally most weeks so it will be very interesting to see when he puts that all together both the tackling and the marks mm. um, I, w- I wasn't into the idea last week but I have no issue with bringing him into your team this week while he's still in salary cap. Yeah, in salary cap while he's still below five hundred thousand. If yeah. he was somehow still available in your redraft leagues as well, because keeper leagues in Toronto is gone. But if he was still available in those redraft leagues, someone needs to go out and grab him quickly because he's looking dominant. I'll put it in misery and tell you that he's not available anymore. <laughs> well, the other big thing is obviously Scully went down injured. I was worried about Taranto's scoring ability if Scully and Hopper came back into the team. I was really worried that he was going to lose those midfield minutes. Now that Scully is unfortunately out for the next three months, I believe, uh, even if Hopper comes back, he's not going to be missing too many midfield minutes. So I'm backing in Taranto for a big season this year. Um, he's owned in 96% of leagues. So. 96? Oh, yeah, all right. Well, those 4% of leagues, someone needs to jump on him. That's, Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. That's depressing. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson was another guy who's just looking really good. Along with Tommy D, yeah. the rookie defender you have to have. Absolutely, yeah. I'd, I'd slot Sam Murray slightly below them but uh, because he did have a bit of a down week this week. But even though, even still, you know, if you've got those three guys on your ground every week, you're going to be pretty happy with the outcome. Yeah. Um, so who else have we got there? I mean, uh, I, I don't really want to talk too much about some of these guys like Tomlinson, uh you know, he teases every year, he, but he just doesn't have the consistency. Yeah, he really does. Jeremy Cameron obviously came right back down to earth with a 70 this week after smashing it last week. We say it all the time about key forwards. Another interesting one is Langdon. Now, Langdon is out for four weeks with a broken hand, I believe. Yep, correct. That's a big worry. A rookie that's in your side, sitting on the bench, not making money for a whole month, yeah, is a waste of space in salary cap leagues. You need to move him on. You need to move him on. As we discussed prior to going on air, though, mm-hmm. if you've got bigger issues, he can wait a week or two because yeah. he's not playing, so he's not going to lose money. Yeah, he I mean, wouldn't be anyway because he's a rookie. But you're not losing out too much by having him sit there for a couple of weeks if you've got mm-hmm. bigger issues. If you don't have any other issues, though, you need to move him on. Yeah, for me, he could wait a week if you do have like a lot of injuries. So if you're dealing with both. Crouch and Sicily and someone like even Mitch Duncan, if Mitch Duncan misses mm. this week again, you know, those sorts of guys. Got no issue keeping him for one more week and then getting him out next 
week, but at some stage you are going to need to get rid of him because if that does tail out and you've still got him in your team in three weeks' time, it's a lot of money you've missed out on from someone else. I mean, even someone like Dan Venables, who I've tentatively bought in for him, (laughs) you know, you're making about 40k going down to Venables. He's reset his break-even with his 90-odd score from the weekend. Uh, So even if he goes at 40 or 50 or something like that for the next three, four weeks until Langdon comes back in, you should make another 60 or 70K and then get Langdon back into your side. Yeah, um, Yeah. so that's all I wanted to talk about from the Giants. Yeah. Do you want to have another argument about Lob? Or shall we leave that for a week? Well, Lob was <laughs> poor again, 72. Like, I know that he's coming back into it and he's faced off against Brody Grundy, who is a terrific rockman. And, you know, you can't really give the guy too much hardship against that. But... You know, I still don't think Rory Lobb is going to be everything that people hope he's going to be. I was year. just joking. I didn't actually want to talk oh, about I, I will. I will. <laughs> I will, mate. Uh, we'll move on to the Magpies. Tom Phillips jumped up for 131 out of nowhere, yeah. which was awesome. Absolutely out of nowhere. I mean, it, again, he, it fools gold in salary cap. But in draft leagues, he's a great depth guy to have. He's yeah. terrific. He's probably already taken those. Yeah, so. absolutely is. Uh, Grundy, we know what he can do, but the worry is Mason Cox is coming back next week. Interestingly, he scored this without Mason Cox. Yeah, that's... Uh, the pattern just holds. Yeah, it does. I love the fact Even though they don't actually play the same role anymore, mm. the pattern holds. The best part was after Darcy Moore went down injury, I mean, that wasn't a good thing, but Darcy mm. Moore did go down with an injury... Scotty Pendlebury was the backup Ruckman, and he has one hit out for the game. Just bumping that score up. <laughs> well, he finished Every with man. 118, so it could have been 117 if not for that hit out. I mean, come on, it was epic. Um, Jeremy Howe is looking really good again this year, to be honest. Um, yeah. We are... I know Whitfield will become a defender soon, so he's going to be a key uh, premium that you need to have in your defence. Mm-hmm. But for salary cap leagues there's not a great amount of defenders that you're desperate to get in your team at the moment. You've got the uh, Cade Simpsons, Jake Lloyd. Uh, we've got um, Yo. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got there? Whitfield when he goes back Whitfield there. Whitfield when he goes back there. Um, uh, I want to say Rory Laird, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. was another big one. And Nobody else is really springing to Yeah, there, there's a lot of PODs sort of coming out from that point in. Like, That's what, five there, isn't it? Yeah, Michael Hurley's one, uh, Robertson's one that you could throw up in there. Savage, um, maybe. I don't know if he's a top not six sure at the end of the year. Um, there's probably someone that we're forgetting, but the point is Jeremy Howe could be that sixth defender at the end of the year as a point of difference for your team. I I know that I can see you scowling over yeah. there. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a scowl or a look of... Concern. Yes, Jeremy Howe. The worry for me is Buckley, obviously, but um, Jeremy Howe does have the ability to score pretty well. Yeah, yeah. yeah we saw that last year. He does when he's playing well. He scores well. Yeah, James Ace just looked past that. That was that's a one off. James Ace will not do this regularly every week. Mark my words. Um, and the uh, the roundabout continues as well for Collingwood's halfbacks. Uh, Sharon Berg's come in this week, and that makes me very very happy. Yes, we all know. Yeah, he scored a 93. He's done well. But, again, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, Howe was good this week. Aish was playing a little bit off halfback um, as well as half forward. Uh, Crisp was uh, played a better game than last week but still only scored 85. Yeah. Langdon, I don't know how he ended up on 77 because he was very poor at the start of the game. <laughs> he must have racked up a few uh, junk time marks. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you've got... Josh Smith to come back after his injury um, in the if next few weeks. In. That's another thing. Um, so, yeah, and Sam Murray had a down week this week after a great start last week. He's only got 54. 
it's really hard to read. And I mean, we didn't even mention Braden Maynard as well. You know, they've got yeah, so many right. of those halfback types. And they're all very similar as well. They really are. I mean, you personally, you hate Maynard just because it's hard to tell the difference between him and Crisp sometimes. No, no, now I've got Maynard and I've handed Crisp off. So now I hate Crisp oh, and I like Maynard. <laughs> but they do. From behind, they look like the same player. They really do. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's really hard to read how they're going to line up some weeks yeah. and how they're going to score. I wouldn't be backing those guys in for too much. And, no. If you're one of those people like like we were admittedly at the start of the season who thought Crisp was going to be a, a premium I defender. Was very big on Crisp. And look, he so still I. might. He does start years slowly, mm. which as I said last week, he starts years slowly. I can't 85 see, week two yeah. is actually pretty good by his standards over but the last few years. The way he's doing at the moment, the way the team are doing, I can't see him being a top six defender, which is what I legitimately thought he was Agreed. going to be. Yeah. So yeah, well we might have to move on from them. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about from Collingwood? Taylor Adams, he's probably not in a lot of sides because he's mid only this year mm-hmm. in salary cap, but he's had a very underwhelming start to the year. He um, has, yeah. I'm not sure if it's role or form or a mixture of both, but yeah, it's yeah, interesting more than anything else. Yeah, to be honest, I think it is a little bit of role as well because he mm-hmm. does seem to be spending a fair bit of time forward, which is just confusing for a contested in-and-under ball-getter. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Nathan Buckley, we won't even try and explain those methods. Well, maybe Bucks is trying to turn him into a Toby Green. Maybe, but he's also significantly smaller than Toby Green from memory, and yeah. Toby Green can take overhead marks much yeah. better. So, <laughs> as you said, Bucks' mind is confusing. All right, we'll move on to the Demons-Lions clash. This was actually a really good game, if you missed it, because they got really close. I think they were actually even points about 10 minutes to go in the last quarter, and the Demons just kicked away at the end. So it was a a good contested game. Uh, You know, Jesse Hogan dominated this one. He was playing in the midfield a lot, actually, which was interesting. Okay, I missed this one. He did did actually go through the midfield. He was at a few uh, center bounces, uh, had a few clearances in there. Um, he had three clearances for the game, actually. There you go, as a key forward. Um, but the five goals is really padding his score out a fair bit. And again, we've said it several times this podcast, just don't jump on the key forwards. You know, mm-hmm. There's only one out there that I would even like really strongly consider, especially in salary, or mainly in, in salary, salary caps. In, in drafts, Hogan yeah. will be taken, and I have of nothing course. against using him in, in drafts. Of course. But in salary cap, don't look Salary cap, don't look at him. But Franklin is really the only key forward that I would absolutely look at grabbing, like, hands down in um, in salary cap leagues. Um, Clayton Oliver's one that I'm thinking I might not need to get in my team very soon because, <laughs> you know, he's only owned by about 2% of the competition. Yeah, he just keeps on keeping on. And he, he doesn't seem to have a bad game lately, actually. You know, he's had 125 this week. He came, uh, had, I, I think he had 114 or so, or 110 uh, last week. Yeah, something about that. So, I mean, if he's put that consistency together, just well, jump on is, board. Because he tackles so much and mm-hmm. he's always in and under getting handballs, he's quite difficult to stop. Yeah. And he might start slowly, but he always works his way into the game. Yeah. So, Well, I always just forget how young he is as well. Like, he's he was dra- yeah, drafted in 2015, and... He's the same year as Darcy Parrish, and mm. he's just come on so much farther than some of the players from that draft already. Um, yeah, does does remind me a lot of Tom Mitchell, to be honest. Like mm. They're not the same kind of player, but just in terms of scoring that innate ability yeah. to score. Um, you know, Nathan Jones, good week for him. Good draft guy, solid, yep. late, late end of the draft. He's not yep. available in your waivers, though. Um, oh, Max Gorn, and we talked about Max Gorn and Steph Martin earlier. Don't jump off those guys. I mean, obviously, Gorn, no one's going to be jumping off. But uh, like I said earlier, I have heard whispers that people are saying, I'm going to get rid of Steph Martin this week. That is a stupid thing to do. Yeah, I think these, this is just two dominant ruckmen yeah. that 
fought each other to a standstill. Mm -hmm. They play very different game styles, but they just fought each other to a standstill. That's going to happen. Yeah. When they're not playing one of the, the top guys in the league... They're going to dominate. They're going to dominate. And, so, I mean, there were so many bounces in this game. The fact that Max Gorn had 48 hitouts, but the fact that Steph Martin had 35 as well, you never see anyone come close to Gorn in terms of hitouts at the end of the game, except for maybe Sanderlands, just because he's so freaking tall. Mm. Um, or the, Goldie. Yeah, or, or maybe Goldie. But uh, the fact that Steph Martin almost fought a winning battle or a drawn battle with uh, Gorn in the end with hitouts, that says a lot for Steph. So, yeah. Don't jump off him just yet. Um, you know who you can jump off, though? Who's that? Michael Hibbert. Yes. Jump off as fast as you can because he's just not scoring this year. And his yeah. break-even would be through the roof, I I'll think. I'll tell you exactly what it is because, unfortunately, I've got him in my side. Oh, that makes me sad. His break-even is 126. <laughs> 100 and I'm pretty sure he hasn't scored that in the last two weeks combined. Uh, he scored 56 last week, 69 this week. I'm not good at... Quick, On your bike, Hebo. Quick maths. Uh, <laughs> it's, he's, he's gone. Jeez, that's awful. You've got um, to move him on. Yeah, and he's owned by about 15 to 20% of the competition as well, so yeah. a lot of people need to look at moving him on very soon. Uh, Christian Petrarca had a down week this week as opposed to last week, but stay, stick with him. You haven't got him in for just one week. You've yeah. got him in for the long haul as a mid-pricer. Yes. You need to stick with that call in salary cap leagues. Um, anyone else that you want to have a chat about from Melbourne, or should we move uh, on to the Lions? Fritch scored 60 as oh, a rookie. Solid. Um, he was that. a little bit down on last week, but I think he copped a uh, whack to the stomach mid-game or so, did, so that slowed him down a little bit. Got a bit of a rib next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the Demons probably don't drop anyone after a win like this either. And if they do, they did have some underperforming guys like Salem and Hunt, who... If anyone goes out, it's probably Salem for maybe Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, that's, that's always a chance. That's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, which would be good because he's another mid-pricer that I, if he comes in this week, I will really be looking at him in defence. You know, for especially James Sicily owners who are looking at someone else, no issue with bringing Angus Brayshaw into your team. If um, he gets a game. Yeah, obviously. No um, guarantee. Uh, Dane Zorko got back into form this week after being tagged right out of the game last week. 109, good solid score from him. What was it last week? Did Louis Taylor actually? Have, he got 104 last week, and he's backed it up with a 94 yeah, this yeah. week. He's, Little like, Louis he Taylor. started the season off really well, playing I think through the midfield a little bit more. I don't know what to make of this. Yeah, I, you were really against him last week. Yeah, I, I held my tongue, but I did find it a bit surprising. I legitimately don't know what to make of this because he's well, he's always been that small forward who's who's almost just a small forward, and he could go into the midfield mm. at some stage, but he never really did. There were some signs last year that he was starting to get back to being fantasy relevant, but mm. he hadn't quite made the jump. Mm. I reckon this year he might. Interesting. Mm. We'll watch that moving forward. Uh, just the next one down was Charlie Cameron on 93. That's two points for me, isn't You'll it? risk it from last My week? I'll risk it from last week. Come on. I will give you two points for you that. You better give me two points for that. 93 for a forward as your last forward in yeah. a draft league. Yeah, that's two points. That's Oh, I'm so happy with that. I'm stoked. I won last year's competition, for those who don't know, and I'm still waiting on you to make me that trophy, actually. Yeah, you'll get it. I, I better get it. <laughs> you'll get it. If, if, I, if I don't have a bronzed or golden Monte Carlo at some stage... You will have a golden biscuit, don't yeah, worry. Good stuff. That's what I want to hear. No promises when. Uh, well, I'll move on from that. Alan Christensen had a really good week as opposed to last. And people were talking about jumping off him. Hopefully they stayed on because, well, this his, is great. His break-even last week was 43 and he hit 88. So and his break-even now is 24. 24. So Reset. Exactly. It's, which is great as a mid-pricer. So if, but, you know, he probably... 
with his scoring capacity, only gets up to around about 450k or so, maybe just above that before you have to offload him. But even then, just reap the rewards. Yeah, he can be a stepping stone for someone else. Exactly. Reese Matheson, your boy, uh, for draft yes. leagues. Had a good game, a good solid game. Um, seven tackles. Mm. Um, now, the danger for him, mm-hmm. I'm a little worried that with Robinson coming back in after serving his week suspension, it'll be a straight swap because I'm assuming Matheson basically played the Robbo role. He he did to an extent, and he, but the good thing is that he had 10 contested possessions. He had five clearances, so he had a good overall game, seven tackles in there as well. I think that even though the role might be filled in by Robinson, I think Matheson keeps his spot in the team. So if he is available in draft leagues, the question is though, what role he plays if he keeps that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, I, I love the fact that he came in and he actually delivered because mm. I reckon he's going to be a really good player at some point. It's just when he has the opportunity to get the midfield minutes he needs. Yeah, because he's not a natural forward. Yeah, Dane Beans uh, again a bit down on last week. He had almost a hundred last week, seventy three this week. Look, he's coming in off almost no preseason. Give the guy a chance. I, you probably shouldn't have started with him in salary cap leagues. He was, was way underpriced, yeah. though. There would have been a lot of people tempted. Was he? Was seven hundred and forty k or something like that? That's not underpriced. Like Parker was much cheaper. Those sorts I'm of guys. Pretty sure, it was reasonably underpriced. I know. I looked at him a couple of times. Okay. Um, well, I may be wrong there, but I think uh, he's priced at somewhere close to seven hundred and twenty k at the moment. Um, which means that he really is, yeah, if you've got him in your side, you need to get him out as well because he's going to be leaking too much cash. Yeah, he's agreed. just like Zach Merritt. Agreed. Um, yeah, I think that's all I really want to talk about for uh, Brisbane Lions, maybe apart from Cam Rayner, who we said to get out last week, and if you still haven't gotten him out, get him out as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. You, you just kind of have to. So we'll move on to the uh, Dockers-Bombers game. I don't know where you guys pulled this victory out from because I this was almost one of my locks for the win. Although, <laughs> this is one of the few tips that I was actually comfortable with going into the round. I say that, but then again, I also did the same with the Western Bulldogs-West Coast match, where I thought I would tip the Bulldogs because... I didn't get why you did that. I thought, oh, well, you know... The anyway, Bulldogs. this isn't about tipping. Yes. Yeah, we need to move it on. Yeah, all right, we're moving on. Um, so, Dockers-Bombers. Uh, Dockers got up in the air. Nat 5 came back in a big way, 123. The worry is still that he's only going to be able to do this in... Dockers wins, yeah, because he does still spend a fair bit of time for They were all over Brisbane. But again, uh, in saying that, 17 contested possessions, it proves that he was around the um, around the centre bounces as well. So mm-hmm. it, it just really depends on how Ross Lyon is feeling on the day with that, that <laughs> fight, and that, that's a little bit of a worry. But for me, he spent enough time forward again this week that he could still be uh, entitled to a DPP change uh, in round six. So if you've got him, absolutely hold on, obviously. And if you don't have him, he's underpriced. I, I don't mm. mind bringing him in at 665k or whatever he is. Could make a bit of money if you go um, crouch down to him. Mm, absolutely. Um, Michael Walters, we've talked about him a couple of times. Yeah. He's another one that I'm looking at getting into my team at some stage. Because he looks salary cap. Really, yeah, salary cap. He looks really good. Yeah. I think we had this exact conversation last year. That mm. mm-hmm. um, The only question is, again... Will Ross Lyon continue to play him in the midfield or whether he'll swing him back up forward? He doesn't score like this when he's up forward, obviously. No. So, but, I mean, he's getting the runs on the board in the midfield, so you'd hope that he'd stay there, mm-hmm. particularly with Matera now in the team filling that small forward role. Yeah. And Ballantyne back in form, so... It's a, it's a tough one, but hate it. Michael Walters, he could be a nice little PO. Although, in saying that, almost uh, 9% of the competition own him at the moment in salary cap really? leagues. So, mm, surprising that. that yeah, right. yeah, interesting. Um, Connor Blakely, great game from him. <laughs> I say, I'm surprised at that 
high. Neither of us is doing particularly well this year. No. So that's <laughs> true. Other people who are doing well might own Michael Walters. Yeah. Um, Connor Blakely, 119 from him. Really good game, actually. Uh, but the worry is he's come off 63 last week, and I just don't know how he's going to do week to week. There's only so much rebound ball that they mm. can have, even if they are Frio and the ball's living in their defence. Yeah. So it'll fluctuate week to week who gets the rebounds. And in saying that, a lot of people are really thinking about jumping on Luke Ryan at the moment. But people have got to remember that he came off a 71 last week. Yes, he's got 113 this week, but Nathan Wilson isn't going to get 108 every week either. You know, there was a lot of rebound to this game. Three of Frio's top five scorers were rebound defenders. And that's not going to happen every week. They're not all going to break 100. Um, Connor Blakely and Wilson are going to steal points off Blakely and vice versa. I, I really am not a a huge fan of bringing any of those guys into salary cap leagues. Yeah, I reckon they're all perfect for drafts, and mm. they're probably all already taken in drafts. Oh, they absolutely are. I mean, if they're not taken in drafts, you guys are doing something wrong. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm, for me, I'd be a little bit worried about bringing Luke Ryan into a, um, a salary cap team, even though he is underpriced. Uh, Lucky Neal, good score from him. Uh, Matt Tabernet, I know you wanted to make a little special mention of him, just because he has done... I just wanted to have well. a little, little bit of a shout-out to the guy in our Keeper League, Jesse, who took Matt Tabiner in the top-up uh, oh, yep. draft. Yep. Very nicely done. It was. Very, First very two rounds, peak. he's done it very well. Two 90s in a row. The question is, will it last? And my answer is no. That is absolutely my answer. There's no. It's unequivocal. Um, Andrew Brayshaw, Bailey Banfield, Adam Chera, all three of those young rookies have really solid games. I, I, I'm assuming they all play again this week. I don't think there's going to be mass changes from yeah, this they'll, game. They'll all hold their spot. So, you know, obviously if you've got them, lock and load, no issue there. But if you don't, I, I'm probably not looking at rushing like an Adam Chera into your side because I his score was still bumped up by those two goals and Fremantle aren't going to do this well every week. So, um, yeah, Chera's not one I'd be rushing into grabbing. Um, and Mitch Crowden was the other one who debuted. Uh he was probably keeps his spot, but yeah, he was on site a little at him, bit. No, but I, salary, yeah. I really wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap leagues. Um, the only guy for Freo I do want to talk about, Alex Pierce. I know yeah. he would have been on a lot of people's um, benches in salary cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, break even of twelve this week. He's not setting the world on fire with scores, but he's you're looking confused by something. no, no, not at all. <laughs> Continue. Uh, <laughs> He's not setting the world on fire with scores, but he's probably safe as just a heartbeat on the bench. Cool. So um, don't move him on just yet because yeah. he's got a little bit more money to make. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, you've got to give these guys a little bit of time sometimes. Some of your really underpriced rookies, like your, your bargain basement ones, because just like Liam Ryan, uh, Dan Venables last week, which we'll move on to now, mm. um, they can come good the next week and reset their break-evens. Um, West Coast versus Bulldogs, again... You don't want to talk about this in at all? Did we skip past Essendon? I did skip past Essendon. I apologise. Show some respect. No, I just wanted to get onto the West Coast game, mate. I never get to talk about a win. Um, all right, Devin Smith was incredible. If you don't have Devin Smith in your side, he's still, you know, uh, he's close to premium price, but he's just under. Get him in your side this week because he he's, looks incredible. He's 601000 Yeah, that's very... Very doable price-wise. Break-even of 68, so he is going to go up a lot still. 13 tackles, um, you know, a a goal in there. He was just amazing. And this isn't a losing side. A side that really got, fantasy-wise, just Mm -hmm. didn't get a lot of the ball. Yeah, so I 
just get Devin Smith into your team somehow, some way. Uh, Zaharakis, we make a little bit of fun of Zaharakis in terms of the fact that he doesn't have the quite the consistency to get there for salary cap leagues. But as a draft guy, he's a great one to yeah, have. He's great as depth. Yeah. Same with Dyson Heppel. Like I wouldn't trust his consistency in salary cap, but he's had a couple of really good games to start the year. Mm. 145 and now 102. You know, you're not complaining <laughs> with that. No, definitely not. But at the same time, it's it's definitely not something that I would look at him being able to replicate throughout the whole season for salary cap. Like, don't be rushing him into so. your team. Yeah. Um, your man, Connor McKenna. I dropped him last week. You're, you dropped your man, <laughs> Connor McKenna, <laughs> and he's got 83. I was just going to say, he's a sneaky little depth guy for some draft leagues if you really, really I deep I remember who I dropped him for. <laughs> oh, God, that's just sad, mate. <laughs> yeah, I moved him on. But this is great. Yeah. Um, but this was because the ball was in Frio's forward half. Oh, absolutely. So, um, I don't suspect he'll be able to replicate this very often. Mm. Uh, Zach Merritt, uh, we, I mean, we can pat ourselves on the backs a little bit because we made the right call that even if he does play, you have to get him out of your team. Um, were we wrong? Were we right? Maybe for the wrong reasons because we assumed it was going to be a concussion issue with him taking a bit of time to get into the game. Um, did Banfield actually tag him out to the game, or was it the concussion issue? Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, he's just losing so much money at the moment, and he's going to continue losing that His money. His break-even is 176 this week. Which is just stupid. Yeah. Um, and even if he is back to like 100%, there's no concussion hangover at all next week, uh, other opposition teams will have noticed, hang on, Essendon have lost. Uh, Zach Merritt was susceptible a little bit to the second game as tag. We can stick someone on him and uh, and sort of stop him from influencing the game. On the other hand, he is playing the Bulldogs next week. Oh, oh, that is a tough call. That yeah. is a tough call. That, that puts a whole other perspective on it. Jeez. So if you oh, so if you own Merritt, would you keep Merritt because they're playing the Bulldogs? Well, this if you still have Merritt at this point, he is going to be one of the top eight at the end of the year. Ooh, yeah, he so is. So you probably may as well just hang on to him now. But I mean, he could go down another hundred k. But do you care if you have him at the end of the year? That's yeah, that's true. I suppose. Yeah, and it does if you held him for this week, mm. you may as well just hang on to him. Yeah, that's true. And the um, the bullies, I think, from memory, are giving up one of the highest amounts of points per week. They are at the moment. The highest so, amount, yeah, mm. that's that. Geez, that's a tough call. That just made it a lot more tricky when you said they're playing the bulldogs. Yeah. Um, we'll move on from that because that is a really uh, situational based thing. If you still own Zach Merritt, maybe keep him because you're you're too invested at this point. Uh, but again, I, I wouldn't look at jumping on him this week purely based on the fact that he's facing oh, the Bulldogs. If you don't have him, then hold off for another couple of weeks because he probably will drop a bit more. Of course, yeah. Um, probably the only other one I want to mention is just Andy McGrath. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've said this a couple of times uh, because a lot of people were jumping on him in salary cap leagues. He's not ready for that sort of re- premium level responsibility and he was too expensive at the start of the year. If you still have Andy McGrath in your team, if you had taken a punt on him... He's one of the ones you need to look at moving on. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, James Stewart. Yeah, my yeah. second risk it. Your second risk it. Um, scored 55. As I said last week, this was entirely based on I was expecting Essendon to demolish Frio. Yeah. So I don't really care. No. Frio won. Yeah. Oh, so you got you win either way, basically. Yeah, I, I've got a saying. moral victory. All right. Well, but you yeah, get, no points from Yeah, me. you have a moral victory, but zero points. Yeah. So after the first week of Risk It for the Biscuit, the score is two to me and one to you, as we've gone past all of our risk Look, Christian, 
It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I hate that. And all you say I'm that. focused on it. next week. All <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to move on to the next game. Um, West Coast Bulldogs. I already said how like this was just a smashing, and it doesn't look like the Bulldogs are you know any semblance of what they have been in the past. So if you're playing, if your fantasy guys are playing him, or if there are guys on the waiver wire who are going to be coming up against them, load up, particularly in the ruck, because obviously Timmy English. He's yeah. not quite ready yet, but I do like the fact they're exposing him. Well, they have and to give, giving him opportunity. Yeah, we'll get to him in a sec because the West Coast are up first. Uh, Shannon Hearn has had two really good games in a row. Mm. Um, he's gone 112 and 118. He won't keep this up through the season. He's a nut, he's a sell high guy though. Like you can go mm. up to a guy who's a little bit more inexperienced in your draft leagues and go right. I've got a 115 averaging defender for you. What will you give me? Um, yeah. Just try and get whatever you can. Uh, Scott Lysett was really good in this game as well. So was Jack Darling. They're, they're not going to replicate that through the year, though. Maybe, again, sell high sort of guys. Um, the one I do want to talk about, though, is uh, young Liam Ryan. Do you play him on your field next week against Geelong? Against Geelong. This is... Ooh. He's had a really good score, 91. But my money says that he's going to come back and get a 45 next week because that's the sort of player that I think he's going to be. On the other hand, Geelong's defence? Yeah. No Henderson, no Taylor, Mackey's retired, Lonigan's retired. But will West Coast's midfield be able to move the ball into the forward line against Gary Ablett, Mitch Duncan possibly, uh, Patrick Dangerfield, uh, Tim Kelly, um, uh, Joel Selwood and... Well, I don't think Scott Selwood comes back in this week. Probably not, but there is talking about it. So. Oh, okay. Well, you never know. I mean... But your point is well made. Yeah. Sure. Would we be able to move up the ball in the forward line? I would not play no. him on the field after this No. Uh, yeah. yeah, good point. It, it's going to be... It's really tough for the small forwards to choose which week to play them, but don't play him on the field this week. No. It's, it's not the time to do it. Um, I think if you brought in Nick Namnui after last week, you've still got to back him in. You don't drop him after one poorer game of 70. Uh, no, definitely not. Yeah, because he's still going to be making you some money. I mean, his break-even last week was 43. He's got 70. He's going to make you a little and, bit more and money. the players always say that the second week after a long period off is the toughest one. So yeah. he'll only improve from here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's not too many from West Coast side. I mean, they're not a particularly fantasy-relevant team apart from a few of those rookies. Like Dan Venables was one that... 67 was good compared yeah. with last week. But that 67, and that's padded with three goals. Oh, yeah, big time. So yeah, That's um, a little worrying. Yeah, just a little bit. He's still owned by 24% of the comp as well, actually, Dan Venables. So they would have been happy with that. But um, Do you want to talk about Redden? Uh, to be honest, not really. Um, he was a mid-price salary cap guy that I know a few people were looking at. And people would have looked at him a little bit higher in draft leagues as well with Prudis and Mitch, Sam Mitchell retiring. Um, yeah. It's really weird. Him and Luke Dunstan, we were just talking about it before the mm. podcast, those were the two guys that we thought were really going to be those underpriced breakout guys. Uh, not necessarily breakout. Might, might, that might not be a really right solid mid-price or draft type guys. Yeah, draft relevant. Uh, and we thought both of them would go somewhere between 100 and 105 sort of average. I mean, not only has Dunstan not played, but also <laughs> Redden has just sucked it up for the, for the last yeah. two weeks. It's been very, very strange to watch. I have no idea what role he's even playing in the team at the moment, to be I honest. Mean, you don't even see him on the field often. No. He might be the new man of mystery, except yeah, bad. <laughs> except really bad. But you're like, 
desperately looking for him is the thing. So it's yeah. not even a man of mystery. Actually, I'm sorry, Jared Lyons. You yeah. are the only man of don't mystery. Don't put him in the category of Redham. Just don't do that to him. <laughs> That's just insulting. Yeah. We'll move on to the Bulldogs. Uh, because, I mean, Jack McRae, we, we know what a gun that guy is. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to talk too much about McRae. But Lockie Hunter has put together two good games in a row. Which is good, because last year was very underwhelming compared yeah. to his 2016. And there have been two losses as well. And he's actually, surprisingly, been in the contest a little bit. He's only mm. got two tackles, but he's had nine contested possessions, three clearances in there Two as tackles well. for him is like ten tackles for a regular <laughs> for, player. For anyone else. Um, nine marks, which is his, you know, bread and butter. That's how he... And two goals. Yeah. So... 119 this week, 108 last week. He's 640-odd in salary cap leagues. Jeez, you'd be taking a big punt as I a point of difference. Cap. No, I, look, I think this is another one of those guys that will have been taken in drafts. Mm. He's really only draft relevant, so just well done if you've got him in drafts. Yeah, that's, that's all you've got to say. And well done also if you held on to Toby McLean. We told you to last week, mm-hmm. um, especially with Tom Liberatore going down injured. He was the one that was going to uh, benefit from that. And he did. 110 this week. Yeah. And I think he'll continue to benefit as well as the year goes on. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bailey Watch. Bailey Watch. All right. So, the so Bay- this week, Williams wins. Well, this week, Williams wins. And that Dale lost in a big way. It 83 was 80 to Bailey Williams and... 39 to Bailey Dale. <laughs> so Bailey, Bailey Watch is heating up. Yeah, it's really getting... Uh, it's really getting, It's not a thing. We're not going to no, be able to make it a thing. We can't make it a thing because neither of them are relevant in too many I don't formats. even know what either of them looks like. <laughs> don't you know what they... No. Bailey Dale looks like a 12-year-old. Um, <laughs> and actually, I have no idea what Bailey Williams looks like, there to be honest. Go. So uh, we'll move on from there. Billy Gowers has actually been scoring pretty well. Yeah, he has. If it wasn't for injuries, I would be really worried about him keeping his spot, though, because, you know, those young rookie type players, after two big losses like this, can often be the first ones forced out of the team. Yeah, so here's a question for you mm-hmm. um, as my AFL fantasy app crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, how much is he worth and could he be the guy that you switch Langdon over to? Uh, well, Gowers is, uh, he'd be just on 200000 So he's the same sort of price as Venables. So if, Be- uh, if Gowers gets another game this week, then yes, I would say he would probably be the best rookie candidate to take uh, Langdon's spot. Mm-hmm. But if, Jeez, oh, the, the worry is again, we have to wait for team lists to come out because yeah. I, have, holds a spot. Yeah, I have the feeling there's going to be some fallout from this loss. But he did look like one of the few guys that actually was providing something up forward. Yeah, well, he, he might, took a few good marks. He, he missed, missed one all three. Yeah. He missed goals. That was probably the only bad thing he did because he still took eight marks and, you know, he, he provided a forward presence for them. Yeah. Uh, Tim English, uh, we'll just go on about that quickly before we move on to the Sydney Port game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, uh, Jared, um, Jordan Roughhead's injury and also the fact that Trengrove, we've just learnt now, is out for three weeks. Yeah, cracked shoulder blade, I mm. think. Oh, Jess, that's a painful injury. Um, in the first quarter as well. Did he really? Oh, good effort to get up and about good, for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, that helps out Tim English a lot because... Oh, it's a spot, yeah, for sure. I mean, if they bring Tom Boyd in this week, it's going to be a desperate move because he was poor in the VFL this week. Yep. So it'll be a real move of desperation by the Bulldogs to actually do that. Um, if 
Uh, I don't see, even after this poor game, Team English being moved out of the side, I don't think they can either because you need to expose the kid yeah. to AFL football. Like, you don't want to break him, but mm. he needs exposure to develop. Well, the thing is, I mean, realistically, he went up against uh, Nick Nanui, who's one of the best tap ruckmen in the competition, and also yeah. Scott Lysett, who it was just his day. Like he, yeah. And he's a really big-bodied ruckman as well. So that, as a combo, they're some of the better tap ruckmen in the comp. So yeah. it's going to be hard for a young kid to do And do he that. got better as the game progressed. Mm. His first half was absolutely atrocious, but by the end of the game, he was actually taking some marks and yeah. doing stuff. Mm. So um, we'll move on to the uh, the Port and Swans game. Uh, Port got up in the end. Really good game by them, actually, on the road, ninety four to seventy one. Jeez, uh, I, I think my big call at the start of the season is starting to look really, really good. Ollie Wines, Ollie Wines over Tom Rockliffe. He, he's gone <laughs> one hundred and twenty five this week. Ollie Wines and Rocky has gone thirty three. So, geez, yeah. after fifty two last week. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with that call at the moment. Oh, I am as well. I think it's almost getting to a point we don't need to talk about wines. We know what he's going to deliver. He's, he's a very, just a jet. Yeah, but the thing is, he's still not... He's owned by 1.5% of the comp. That, well, I'm, all right, so question then. Do you see him being one of the top eight at the end of the year? I think he could be, yes. Mm-hmm. I think... I think. Oh, let, let me rephrase that. Do I see him being in that top six that you have to have, that top six or seven that you no. everyone needs to have? No. But in the, the discussion for those next two but, spots? Yeah, absolutely. Because you need to have some point of differences uh, in uh, position eight and position seven, maybe, of your midfield. Otherwise, everyone's going to have the same team. And and, yeah. Exactly. Um, and the way to win the competition or to win your league is to have someone a bit different who does better than expected. So, so ones could be that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. Yeah, we, we actually have a question about this, so we'll come on to Robbie right. Gray a little bit later. Cool. Um, geez, they, uh, Tom, Justin Westhoff had a really good game as well. I think he's going to be a bit of a beneficiary of uh, Paddy Ryder being injured. Yeah, I agree. Because he's going to be in the ruck a lot more than usual. And yeah. Likewise, uh, Charlie Dixon. Exactly. So, 32 hit-outs to Dixon. Wow. And 11 to Westhoff. Jeez. To be honest, I would have actually expected that the other way around. Yeah, so would I. I, I would have thought that too, but... I mean, Dixon is a, a big-bodied sort of guy. So. He's a unit. He's huge. Um, well, uh, you know, those guys, they're draft guys only. I wouldn't be looking at them in salary cap leagues. Uh, is there anyone specifically that you want to talk about? Like, Don Barry was very, very good as, a you know, that rookie-priced player. You've got to so hold on to him. Yeah. You'd think he's probably held his spot for now, seven tackles. Yep. Riley Bonner was really good last week, backed it up with 70 this week. It's not a bad score, but again... We, we said that you probably shouldn't run out and all, everyone go and grab him at once because... Yeah, I think it was situational. If you could get him, then go for it, but yeah. don't go out of your way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, obviously, we just talked about Tom Rockliffe as well. I mean... 33. What do you do if you own Tom Rockliffe in a draft league? In a draft league? Because salary cap, I mean, it's Ooh. obvious you get rid of him. What if you have drafted Tom Rockliffe? You have probably taken him midway through the second round or early second round. I mean, if you're you're a big fan of the traders, which we are, um, you might have taken him in the first round as well. Yeah. Uh, so, geez, that's two questions. I I watched a little bit of this game, but not yep. all of it. Did he play forward a lot? A lot. Alrighty. So then, if your draft league has positional changes. Mm-hmm then maybe you hope that he gets used to playing that forward role and then can increase his scoring and gets forward status. Yep, happy with that. If your positions are locked, so you've got him only as a midfielder, yep. um, you're screwed. Yeah, it's... I don't know what you get. Yeah. If you've got him in a keeper league, you have to keep him, just, just yeah. hold on to him, because the thing is, 
there is no point trading for Tom Rockliffe at the moment because his value is just terrible. It is awful. Just don't try and put a trade out there for Tom Rockliffe because someone will screw you over in that trade. And I, I think there is another question about this, so we'll, we won't right, go too we'll far into it. But yeah, it, it's a really, really tough one. Um, overall, and, 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 and I guess we'll, just one more thing is, it's only two weeks. He's at a brand new club. He didn't have a preseason. He's yeah. learning a new role, new structures. So it could improve a lot very quickly. We just don't know. It really could, yeah. Uh, over on the Swans ledger, um, Josh Kennedy was, was very good for 105. It does fall away there. There's a few scores in the 90s, which are pretty average. You know, Luke Parker, a lot of the competition has in salary cap leagues. Mm. You're probably happy with a 97 because it was just above his break even. But, yeah, um, too yeah, much but to talk about that. You're just happy, you know, you're not particularly grateful for that. Um, uh, Lance Franklin was good again. I mean, he's one of those top six forwards at the end of the year. I yeah, think I everyone agree. will need I to have I think everyone will need to bring him in at yeah. some point. And Heaney again, he's also, I think, a top six forward. A little bit more of a down week this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the competition already owns uh, these guys, actually. It's 35 percent for Franklin and 45 percent for Heaney so big numbers yeah big, early in the season big numbers for those guys um Lloyd only 75 this week yeah I saw a um there was a good article uh I think it might have actually been the uh, the wash up um, okay. on on drinking talk um and uh I, I can't quite remember the author of that article but mentioned that We've often referred to Jake Lloyd as well as the seagull. He just floats around the back of packs and yeah. just gets cheap little kicks. This was a really contested game. This was a really mm, hard was, game. Yeah. And you can't be a seagull in those sorts of games and do particularly well. That's just not so what you have to do. don't like contests. Exactly. So if, uh, if that is the way that he is going to play, then he will come into these contested games and not score quite as well. But, but even then, uh, you know, 75 is an okay score for a defender... You'd hope for more, but realistically, he has the ability to go 100 average anyway, so you're going to need him in your team at the end of the year. And that's probably a good point um, about the contested nature of the game. A lot of those sort of outside skill-type players didn't really have great Mm. games. I mean, most of them are more draft-type relevant guys anyway, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of them didn't really have the best of games. Well, I want to move on to the last game of the round, which was the Geelong Hawthorne game. I mean, this was an awesome game as well. This came right down to the wire. And it was amazing for fantasy as well because there were some huge scores in it. I mean, we'll go on to the Hawthorne side of the ledger first because, again, that's how we do things around here, Matt, because they won. I, I really <laughs> thought you just picked a team at random. Um, Tommy Mitchell uh, just backed it up. He's He's great. My worry is at some point a team is going to put a hard, hard tag on him. But, you know... I don't know if you can tag him. He, he gets too many contested possessions. He's had 23 contested possessions, which is just a stupid amount. Mm. Um, and 13 clearances. So And he gets those quick... like He gets it in his hands for a microsecond before he gets a quick kickoff as yeah. well. So it'll be interesting to see if that does happen at some stage. Yeah. McAvoy was terrific, uh, but... Again, he, he was a great year last year. He did. Um, I don't. He doesn't score like this every week. I mean, last week he scored sixty-three. The reason for this high score is because Reece Stanley was the Cats' number one ruckman. They dropped <laughs> Zach Smith for some reason. There's your problem. Yeah. Um, and uh, then you know, Mark Blitzer was a little bit of a backup, so he was always going to dominate that forty-three hit-outs. So just like with the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. if you're coming up against um, in a draft comp, you're coming up someone that has a. Geelong, uh, Geelong Ruckman? Yeah, actually, I should probably switch it around. If your Ruckman is coming up against Geelong this week, yep. Yep. 
he's going to go well. Yeah, exactly. You can back him in. If uh, So if you have two Ruckman, one of them is on your bench. Say, for example, you have like a... Uh, two average mid-tier type guys. Exactly. You can back someone in against a Geelong Ruckman. Um, uh, you know, a lot of guys are, are really good draft league guys. We've spoken about that before from Hawthorne. They don't. They have about three or four really top-line premiums that you can get in for salary cap, but yeah. it really drops off from there. And then you have your Shields, your Smiths, your... Gunston, uh, even yeah. Henderson, Henderson, they're all type guys. Exactly. Um, the one I do want to talk about is Jaeger O'Meara. Down week this week after a really good week last week. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I wouldn't mind if you could look up quickly, uh, because as, you, as everyone knows, we do not do research on this podcast. I want to see what his break-even is. 57. Oh, he'll hit that. Yeah, you, you keep him in for another, another week. There's, there's no issue. And if that. he goes big next week, then... He'll reset it. Yeah. Reset. And who is he playing next week? He is playing Richmond. Richmond. So and who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, we, we, we don't know where Richmond is at the moment. Um, uh, the, the other big one I want to talk about quickly is James Sicily. Um, mm. He's out for a week. Uh, he's been suspended because of, well, doing Sicily things. Um, uh, I am getting rid of him myself. I've got him in salary cap. Obviously, you hang on to him in draft leagues, no question there. Um, he actually hasn't scored well. He's gotten 69 this week. He got 77 last week. 71 uh, last week, actually, I'm not 100%. Something not good, yeah, right. so, something not particularly great um, last week. Uh, it's It just hasn't been enough for me, um, and there's always that risk of him getting suspended over some minor infraction as well. Uh, so if you don't have any major concerns, like you don't have the Crouches, the Merritts, all those sorts of guys, Langdon as well, uh, if you've got one spare trade to do, James Sisley is the one I'd be looking at getting rid of. Um, try and find some money somewhere else, obviously, to go up to a, a really, really top-line guy. But like I said earlier, if Angus Brayshaw comes into the team this week, into Melbourne, I have no issue with a straight swap for Angus Brayshaw, and you'll actually make a little bit of money that way as well. Uh, just to make things more confusing for all our listeners, you said mm-hmm. he didn't play well last week. His average is 80 this year, and he scored so he got 69. 90, so he would have got a 90-odd. Yeah. So he would have got, yeah, 90. That would have been about 92, I think, he would have got last week. <sighs> How do I think he did poorly the other way? It may have been that he junked. It may have been that he junk timed it because I own him in salary cap, so I did keep a close eye on him last week. Maybe just switched off after you. Maybe disgusted with his first three quarters. That sounds about right. But he just, yeah, I I do worry about him pretty much every time I watch him. I think that he's going to punch someone, and and that's he's another angry young man. Yeah, it really, really is. so, anyone else there from Hawthorne you want to speak about, or do you want to move on to John? Yeah, let's just move on. Yeah, let's move on. So, uh, 138 from Gary Ablett. Danger was incredible. Uh, Joel Selwood was incredible. Yeah. Those sorts of guys are ones that you can back in week in, week out. Um, yep. No issue bringing them in this week for like a Matt Crouch, anything like that. None whatsoever. Mitch Duncan is a worry for me. Uh, because it's Chris Scott, and he, we all know he yeah. leaves his injury news late, but at least Geelong are playing in Perth this week. Yeah, so we'll see whether he gets on the plane. If he gets on the plane, I would back him in. If he's not on the plane and you own Mitch Duncan in a salary cap league, I, I I really don't like premiums being out for one or two weeks in a row. Hamstring niggles can be a bit tricky as well. Sometimes yeah. they can even turn into two to three week things. Yeah. So I've got no issue with you just going early and saying, right, I'm getting Duncan out and just straight swapping him to someone else. Yeah, uh, yeah often, I mean, having said that, playing devil's advocate... They left it till the very last minute to drop him out. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not that, that serious. There shouldn't be too much of an issue is what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, Chris mm-hmm. Scott, he likes to 
Play silly buggers. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Play silly buggers. <laughs> Sound like a 60-year-old man. You know, like that one? He, he likes to be a jerk sometimes, does Chris Scott. He does, yeah. Um, to fantasy players, obviously. I mean, it's great. Uh, great, you know, game of chess. You, know, you don't want to reveal to opposition coaches exactly what you're going in with for that week. But, you know, it doesn't help us fantasy fans out there. No. Uh, Dan Menzel, Zach Tui. I, I actually like Dan Menzel in draft leagues this year. I think he's got... Um, a half decent chance to go pretty well. He had 85 last week and 101 this week. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's still on your waiver wires, I'd go out and snap him up because they're going to get a lot of inside 50s with the midfield that they have. Oops. And he takes contested marks. He takes really, really good marks. So I think he'll do pretty well. Another four mm-hmm. goals for him. Uh, Zach Tui, we all know he's he's a terrific player, particularly yeah. for drafts. Draft guy. Um, uh, is there anyone else you want to talk about? Like Mark O'Connor was a late... Sure completely skipped uh, Tim Kelly. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, well... Tim Kelly, we talked about on mass last week. Yeah. Uh, we said that if you, you brought had, him in last week, you made the right decision. Yeah, we said that you had to get him in. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't, you have to get him in. You you can't, you will not do well in the competition this year in salary cap if you don't own Tim Kelly. His break even is negative twenty seven. He is going to make so much money, and the fact that he has the ability to score one hundred and fifteen, you know, even if he's averaging ninety ish. You're playing on the field. That's incredible for a rookie. You know, he's that's it's fantastic. So you need to own Tim Kelly this year. Uh, Mark O'Connor was a rookie who was bought in for uh, Mitch Duncan last minute, fifty six, and it, it's okay. But he will mm-hmm. lose his spot to someone at some stage soon. So yeah, I wouldn't be looking at rushing him in. Same with you know uh, Lockie Fogarty, Jack Henry, maybe even Zach Guthrie. Those guys are yeah, all on the cusp. Potentially in the firing line. Uh, the only other one I want to talk about before we take a break and split the podcast up is Sam Menegola. I thought you might. Yep. I, we told this you last exactly week. exactly what we expected. We told you last week, uh, if you didn't listen, you need to listen now. Zach Men- oh, Sam Menegola has to come out of your salary cap team. We don't think, unless there's a, a spate of injuries at Geelong in their midfield, we don't think he's going to regain that form anytime because they, they just don't have the midfield minutes to put him in there and he'll probably play a defensive forward role. So, yeah, you, you just need to move him on. Uh, and what we're going to do now is... Look, he's owned by 17% of teams. So yeah. there probably are a few that a lot of have already moved him on. Yeah, I imagine that'll be this week's number one priority for them. So what we'll do now is we'll, uh, we'll stop for a minute, we'll break up the podcast, and we're going to come back with some questions from Twitter and then also get into our risk it for the biscuits for this week. See you soon. Yeah. 